SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Apologies for that. Um, we're coming live to you from uh, the UNISA um, campus in Pretoria, where UNISA, together with uh, the Press Council, held the Percy Koboza Lecture. Uh, this is the memorial lecture, which was um, delivered a bit earlier on by veteran journalist uh, Sandile Memela, who's actually joining me now, who's joining me to have a conversation about the state of the media and also looking at the state of um, the state of the newsroom. Of course, it is Black Wednesday, 19th October, um, 1977, when uh, Percy was um, arrested. And on this particular day, we also look at the importance of the role that the media is playing. But where do you think we should be tightening the screws? Um, where do you think some of the hurdles also lie? We'd love to hear from you. You can send us a voice note on 0614-104-107. And you can also drop me an X at Aldrin Simpia. And our studio line is 86 um, and he's now joining me, sitting right next to me, um, uh, Sandile Memela. But Memela, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's a privilege and an honor to be here. It's uh, so nourishing and satisfying to be in the company of one of the country's uh, upcoming uh, media superstars. Ah, stop it, stop it. I like it. Say it again. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. An incredible um, lecture that you delivered there a bit earlier on. But let's start with um, looking at the role um, that Percy played in shaping the media that we speak about today that informs um, how we report sometimes and maybe along the lines, uh, along the way also, we have lost that spark. Yeah, it's a, a very complicated uh, question and I'll try to oversimplify it. I think we need to look at uh, Brapesi uh, in terms of the newspapers that he headed. Of course, he started out at the World newspaper, which was ultimately banned in 1997. And he had been there for an unlucky 13 years because I think it was from 64 to 1977. And the role he played there was to change the paradigm, to shift the thinking, the conduct and attitude of black journalists who were compliant because they were compliant by co-towing and uh, doing as they were told by uh, white editorial controllers who were embedded in the newspaper. That was the first phase where he's compliant, but after 1976, there is a demand for a paradigm shift where youngsters like Tsitsi Machinini begin to come forward to say, we are not rioters, we are revolutionaries, and you black journalists need to portray and project us in the proper light. And uh, he was in the forefront of that, and uh, it's interesting because the second phase, or his Damascus Road, happens when he is in Harvard as a, a Neiman Fellow. And then he's able to look at his country from outside. And then he realizes that uh, he did not quite uh, recognize and uh, reflect the oppression, the exploitation, the emptying of black self-pride. And then when he came back, was appointed the editor of the post and of course he carried the reputation of being a black journalist of the world who was uh, detained mm -hmm. and his newspaper uh, banned and then he comes back uh, to the post 
and uh, the post doesn't survive because of his ideological political uh, orientation and then it closes and then when it closes uh, he works as a consultant uh, and a strategist and ultimately gets a job as the editor of the city press in uh, 1984 to 1988 when he dies now the thing is when he comes into the city press it was headed by a white editor his namesake Percy Selwyn Smith who had to step down and Bra Percy took over and uh, he was now a highly politicized conscious and conscientious uh, journalist and editor who wrote his truth to power and uh, of course one of the things that is not uh, widely recognized is that he is the guy who actually conceptualized and initiated the release Mandela campaign. And I think the City Press was more of a UDF ANC supporting newspaper, much as it made yep. space for other uh, views to be had. With that said, um, looking at the role that a city press would have played at the time as well as the role that Percy Koboza had played and also how he would have encouraged black journalists to ask them also this question about what stories do you tell about us and how do you tell those stories about, uh, about, about black Africans, uh, Africans in, in particular. So what's clear is that a decision has been taken, a side has been taken as well. Can we ask of the media of today to also say you must take a side you must have a, a point of view and then if you look at america every media institution has adopted a side mm. taken a stance they know whether they are republican or they are conservative right i think that, yeah. That's the same thing, right? Republican or liberal, right? And uh, in South Africa, we also have a similar situation. It's just that we don't want to be open about it's it. It's not overt. Yeah. yeah. And I say so because I think the idea of uh, objectivity in journalism is a myth. All that we need is balance where we provide every side with an equal opportunity to express themselves and present their case but uh, did he take sides yes and the good thing about the side that he took was that he was on the side of truth the vision to build a better south africa that we too enjoy today so what one would want to see happen is the media should take side and they should be on the side of the constitution where we actually put pressure on all pillars of society to make sure that uh, we have this democracy, we have this equality, we have employment, and we have you know, a prosperous society where every person, irrespective of their position, rank, status, mm. are treated with dignity. The side of the media should be to champion the ideals and principles that we believe will take our society yep. forward. Do, do you run the risk at all of when you do take a side that you're going to alienate some of your, your viewers? And, and we know, of course, that we, at the end of the day, as I was mentioning earlier on, that you're also running a business and the numbers are quite important because the numbers speak to um, how much revenue we can make out of the listenership as well as the fellowship. Yeah, unfortunately, life is a risk. You will alienate some 
viewers or readers or listeners because we live in a diverse society and this is what simplifies things because you have got to subscribe to the constitution that is defined as one of the best in the world. What is it that you wouldn't agree with that uh, constitution? For instance, one of the uh, controversial uh, clauses is the one of the land. It needs to be debated, it needs to be resolved, mm. and uh, we need to see action as far as that is concerned. But this alienation will happen less if, one, we promote frank talk, open and honest discourse for us to judge ourselves against the principles and ideas that we have set for our society and uh, ultimately say your say i say my say as long as we keep our eyes focused on the prize which to make south africa a free democratic and prosperous society that we all want it to be 0614-1041-07. You can also drop us an X at Aldrin Pierre and our studio line is 86 What do you make of the state of the media on um, this Black Wednesday? Oh, no, it's a Thursday, but Black Wednesday, which happened on the 19th of October 1977. What do you make of the state of the media? What do you make of the state of the newsroom? There's also been um, this conversation about the juniorization of, of the newsroom, but also how do you ensure then um, that you give the juniors who come into the newsroom the support that they, the support that is required but also at the same time the other question is about the seniors who then decide to leave the newsroom because the newsroom is not paying enough yeah you know as you grow older and uh, one uh, is convinced that you'll uh, confront that reality you grow up you've got responsibilities you've got a wife you've got a children and the cost of living is high uh, people can make a choice it's either to stay or to leave most leave for whatever reason simply because unfortunately we live in a patriarchal society where men are still expected to be providers and those who do not experience a lot of uh, hardship difficulty challenges but the good thing is at least women are coming up and uh, they too are making an equal contribution to improve the quality of life of mm. the family, of the community. How would you describe the state of the newsroom? Look, the newsroom is in a transitional phase where we are seeing the dying of the old and the birth of the new. It's a, a space where uh, it's not easy for you to define uh, what you need to do. That's why I alluded to us looking at the Constitution as our lodestar, our uh, you know, uh, uh, guide and director. The newsroom is very fluid. It's fluid because, unfortunately, there is more subjectivity with uh, journalists taking sides for wrong reasons. I think when you look at the state of the media, mm. uh, there are those who side, for instance, with RET and those who side uh, with CR17. There are those who side uh, with corporate interests. There are those who side with NGOs. So it's a fluid situation that needs to be handled with care yeah. and sensitivity. But isn't that what you're calling for, that you must take a side? 
it's unavoidable it's unavoidable to take sides yeah it's unavoidable because everything is subjective and i said take your side but make sure that you balance it by giving enough space to whoever opposes you or challenges what you say because we can only guarantee our freedom when we actually secure and protect the freedom of those that we do not agree with. Ah, let's go to the line. And Tlantas joining us from KwaZulu Natal. Good evening. Dr. Andrew, how are you? Good, good, Tlanta. How are you doing? I'm okay, I'm okay. And, and, and thank you for giving me an opportunity today. To, uh, what I'm going to say, uh, SAFM Prada is doing a, a wonderful job compared to the other radio stations. Thank you, thank you. I'm saying this. After I've gone through a South African media policy debate of 1990, written by Professor Eric Lowe, and, 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 and it's not going to be perfect, but it's it's going on the right side of of perfecting itself, and I I so wish that they can improve and do better than what they are doing, and and so that uh, our section uh, section thirty two access of information and section one ninety two mm. broadcasting get to be. Uh, implemented just like how 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 you guys are doing thank you yeah thank you so much Santanta there from from KZN on that question um, what do you make of the state of the public broadcaster and the important role that the public broadcaster is supposed to play I don't know from your observation if you'd say that we are winning in that particular role look it's a thorn strewn path that you are walking on and of course, you have got uh, capable people in terms of the leadership. I mean, I am here now and I see, for instance, the SAFM as a manifestation of the ideal that we want to see, where you are informative, you are educative, and of course, entertaining too, which is the formula, but above all, you provide space for people of different points of view to come forward. You are tolerant to your uh, listeners, like in this instance, they get their platform to say what they want to say. Mm -hmm. But like impartial and independent, it's not easy to win that war, but the broadcaster, the public broadcaster is engaged in that and it's part of the course, it's part of the struggle to assert the independence, the impartiality of the journalists. I know that there should be a wall of fire uh, that separates the politics, uh, commerce from editorial independence, but uh, I think uh, uh, some of you are fine, but others uh, do things for the wrong reasons. But uh, we cannot judge them that what happens in life. <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> You know, like, without... Uh, without mentioning names, yeah, of course. <laughs> there was a, a caller yeah. who put a question to you. Mm -hmm. Who were we talking to? 
is it your uh, international journalist oh, or a yes, 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 representative yes, 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 uh, of government? Yeah, it was. I think it was. <laughs> yes, was it yesterday? Yeah, when we were speaking to uh, Sophie Mukwege. That yeah. was a very pertinent question because mm -hmm. uh, she's walking a tight rope, and uh, there should be a clear line that says this is not a government spokesperson. This is a journalist. Mm -hmm. So it gets bled sometimes. Yeah. But uh, uh, we'll never know why that happens. Yeah. yeah. With that said and the example that you make, because we, we had a discussion about it during our debriefing session um, as, as, as the team, is that as, as a South African, because you also have the role of, um, well, at least a call to be a patriotic, right? Um, how do you balance the patriotism that is required of you as an individual who believes perhaps in the constitution and the and the and what's envisioned in the in the constitution, but at the same time also the ability of being critical where you need to be critical? Yeah, look, fact. If you look at the word fact, it's about fairness and factuality. The A is for accuracy, and the C is for correctness. And above all, the T is for truthfulness. Americans practice what we call embedded journalism, which is maybe, can be called in South Africa, patriotic journalism. When you're patriotic, you're not loyal to a political party or a figure. You must be loyal to the constitution and make sure that you are a custodian and protector of the ideals and principles and aspirations of the majority people of this country, then you will not have a problem. But as soon as you compromise that, there's going to be a problem. Look, patriotism, if you must practice it, does not mean that when you see wrong, you're going to condone it because you've got to protect your friends. If you truly love your country, you'll speak to truth to power irrespective of the consequences. It's one of the hardest things to do in an era where we've got to think about our material interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's also an important one, as you were saying earlier on. You've got children, you've got a wife, you've got a family that you need to take care of at the end of the day. 0614-104-107. You can also drop us a tweet at Aldrin St. Pierre and our studio line is 86 You are listening to Aldrin St. Pierre on SAFM. 107. You can also drop us an X at Aldrin St. Pierre and our studio line is 086-000-2032. So as we conclude the conversation, what okay, let's quickly just take this call from uh, Kojani who's joining us from Kronstadt before we conclude. Kojani, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm well, I'm well. How are you doing? You, I don't even know where to start. Um, look, I, I, your gentleman has said so many points which I wanted to, to say. But then again, in his analysis or explanation of fairness, patriotic, and especially when he explains about American media, I want him to compare the, the Fox News and, and, and the CNN, because according to me, they are mm. different. They are very much different. Now, that said, uh, Aldrin, um, I, I, I want to paint... I want to agree with him to say media is doing well in entertainment, in education. Uh, in it. But I don't think the media is doing well to influence. I haven't seen the results of that role that media play to influence the actions of others such that you can see that because of the persuasion mm. as a result of the media, this is the result. I am yet to see that. Secondly, Aldrin, when it comes to, to South African news, 
they don't report the truth. I, I, I think the side that, which I, I think he also mentioned it, the side that they must choose, it, I don't care whether it is balanced, whether it is not balanced, whether you have been given some the right of reply, as long as we report the truth, that's it. Yeah. That's where they must lie. That's where they must go. That said, thank you. The truth, nothing Thank you else. so much, Kojani. Appre- appreciate that. Um, and your, your closing remarks as, as we wrap up this discussion and what you think the priorities should be heading into the future, looking into the future of this country. Because at the end of the day, we're going to die, politicians are going to die, but the country will still remain. I love that. I love that. Politicians are going to die and they are dying. I think uh, many of them may be walking around as zombies. It's just that they don't realize it. Simply because they've forgotten where we come from and where we should be going. Now, in terms of Fox News and CNN, for me, the difference is the same in that these journalists who are embedded in the system are there to protect and promote the interests of America. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of us, now, if you're a journalist of your caliber, be true to yourself. Just be true to yourself. You know what drove you to come into this profession. And speak truth to power, which is factual, which is accurate, which is correct, which is truthful above all. The starting point, and this is where you guys should take uh, the struggle forward, is to see if we can truly use the Constitution as our yardstick to measure whether the media is fulfilling its obligation and duty to inform, to educate, to entertain. And they question some of the things, not for personal interests, that are controversial so that you influence and shape society to make sure that these issues are addressed. And one of them, as you and I know, is the issue of, is it Section 25 Mm -hmm. on the land? And until that is resolved, South Africa may be a restless society, but uh, it's commendable what young journalists of your caliber are doing. Be true to yourself first and to the Constitution and be an agent of what we want to see, which is manifested in the Constitution of this country. Sandile Memela, thank you so much for your time. Veteran journalist and writer there.